The Blunt Post with Vic. Good morning, happy Monday, and welcome to The Blunt Post with Vic. I am your host, Vic Jaramie, the editor and publisher of The Blunt Post. The Blunt Post with Vic is a program that covers national, regional, and local headline news, offers analysis and commentary, and I interview members of Congress, local elected officials, and other high-profile public figures. Good morning, and thank you for joining us on The Blunt Post with Vic. Uh, later on the show today, you will hear my interview with Armen Kananyan, who is the president of Americans for Artsakh, formerly known as Nagarno Karabakh. I am your host, Vic Churami, in the studio with my producer, Ricky Herrera. Good morning, Ricky. Vic, good morning, man. How are you? Life is good. No complaints. What's going on? What's, uh, what's cooking in the, the news and uh, current events? First, uh, real quick, uh, shout out to all the KPFK listeners who have donated during this fund drive. As you know, we can't do this without you. And, you know, there's the saying, better late than never, Vic. Well, <laughs> I was happy to see that uh, as my usual news junkie self was looking at some national news headlines uh, from a very prominent media outlet, I saw a headline that I was very pleased uh, to see that uh, should be talked about more, to say the least. Uh, the headline read, Reasonable to believe genocide against Armenians is being committed. So I want to give a shout out to a couple reporters, Eve Brennan, Jesse Greitner, and Nick Robertson. They published an article on uh, a ma major media news website uh, talking about this a blockade by Azerbaijan. Absolutely. Thank you for doing that, Ricky. I think it's important to uh, acknowledge those that uh, report accurately. Just that, uh, you know, just like that we we complain or we crit criticize uh, journalists and reporters that are uh, either lazy, biased or whatnot. So um, I appreciate that. Yes, indeed, you're right. In the last... Uh, about uh, four or five days, we've seen a little bit of a shift since uh, a, a world-renowned expert on genocide is calling what's happening in Artsakh, formerly known as Nagorno-Karabakh, uh, genocide. And for those who are just sort of uh, not familiar with what's happening is uh, the state of Azerbaijan has blocked the only road connecting the Republic of Artsakh to Armenia, uh, and the rest of the world for the last eight months, uh, cutting off 120,000 people from everything. No food, no medicine, uh, nothing. They are uh, being starved to death uh, by Azerbaijan. And for months, different leaders and organizations have called uh, on the blockade to be lifted. But most of the uh, most of the reaction from international bodies have been uh, anemic and weak, such as the UN, Council of Europe, European Union, uh, OSCE, uh, CSTO, uh, etc. Uh, but finally, this is a, this is a shift, um, and hopefully, it will catapult into the actual blockade being lifted. So, thank you for that, Ricky. 
talk about uh, another tragedy, you know, the Hawaii wildfires in uh, Maui and the Big Island um, that have claimed over 80 lives that we know of so far. And I was reading something interesting. Um, it said that nearly 85% of U.S. wildfires are caused by humans. And this was according to the U.S. Forest Service. Um, natural causes include lightning and volcanic activity. But uh, we haven't heard anything about the cause. Uh, and nothing about volcanic activity has been suggested. So people of uh, Hawaii are definitely going through it right now with two raging uh, wildfires. It's horrible, man, that juxtaposition when you think of Hawaii, a destination. And for this to go on, it's uh, pretty horrible. 80 lives, the recollection and the the accounts of some of these homeowners and tourists and stuff, it's real tragic. So I'm sure all our listeners, everyone at KPFK, we have you in our thoughts. Absolutely. And and the environmental damage too. We'll, I'm sure we'll hear more uh, about this in the next few days. But back to uh, mainland, uh, to uh, Justice uh, Clarence Thomas, uh, the very controversial Clarence Thomas. I believe, Ricky, you have a report for us. Yeah, so the Supreme Court Justice, he's been in the news the last, I'd say, since the beginning of this year, delving into his luxurious lifestyle. But earlier last week, uh, ProPublica came out with a major investigative uh, report, and they interviewed over 100 people. So just the bare bones of it, the Supreme Court Justice, uh, Clarence Thomas, um, he's doing things that are unprecedented uh, regarding disclosure and his lifestyle for someone who is such an ethical crutch uh, for this country. So anyways, I just wanted to highlight a person who was a major part of this latest report. His name is Jeremy Fogel. He was a former judge for a long time, for years. Uh, he reviewed financial disclosures for judges. That was part of his job. And I just wanted to read a quote. Quote, in my career, I don't remember ever seeing this degree of largest given to anybody. I think it's unprecedented. It's nothing like I have ever seen. Yep. There you have it. Clarence Thomas, the so-called conservative, living the uh, rich and famous lifestyle like a celebrity uh, and uh, voting against uh, pretty much everything uh, that would benefit the underprivileged, the working class, the blue collar, etc. It's it's just another, you know, it's a, it's another <laughs> tragic legacy of uh, George Herbert Bush, who appointed him, despite all all the facts that came out about him uh, before he was appointed. You know, he's been one of the judges that's voted against uh, so many different things that affect the the women, um, LGBTQ uh, community, immigrants, etc. Hopefully, there'll be an investigation. Something will will happen so that there's there's no impunity here. Well, we've got to cover everything national, regional, local, and speaking of local. So there is a very controversial and problematic proposal that's about to go to a vote. Uh, at the LA City Council. And it involves 
the Metropolitan Trans, uh, Transportation Authority, wanting to put up up to 100 billboards along highways and freeways in LA. And what's wrong with that is that uh, a lot of experts are warning that it will the rotating images will distract drivers as well as make the city uglier. And also there's, we don't really know who's going to benefit from this. So who's behind it? The person pushing the hardest is Paul Kikorian, council member Paul Kikorian from CD2, uh, the man that sort of has ignored his district for his entire career being a council member for CD2. And, uh, and now he's pushing for this. And let's just remember this. When, when current price uh, paved the way for the, for the digital billboards in downtown, at the time, now this has just recently been exposed, but at the time, $75,000 poured into his campaign. So <laughs> these, these billboards, you know, who, who's behind them? Who's going to benefit from them? Uh, obviously, the, the, in terms of the income, a lot of it will go to the city. But I'm talking about when it passes, right? Because there's lobbyists, there are people who are advocating for this behind the scenes. Uh, and I talked to someone who was part of a group pushing to stop it. And he brought up some really good points as to why this shouldn't happen. Uh, and I agree. I agree. I hope that uh, for once, president of city council and council member Paul Kikorian would focus on his own district, which is has been going down forever, ever since uh, he took office, uh, instead of uh, trying to put up billboards that will cause accidents. So yeah, so before we go to a break, I just want to uh, let you know that um, I have a, I have an interview coming up with uh, Armen Kanayan, uh, who is the president of Americans for Artsakh. And Artsakh is the Republic of Artsakh, formerly known as Nagar-Logarabakh, where uh, the population is being subject to genocide by Azerbaijan. So uh, we'll talk to Armin uh, when we get back. This is Jackson Brown. I've been listening to KPFK since I was a teenager. Then and now, KPFK has been a lifeline to vital information without which we would be at the mercy of corporate media and commercial interests that control it. There are so many programs that I've listened to regularly and so many instances when I've come upon the unexpected, the unknown, and the sublime. Join me and become a member today at kpfk.org. Now more than ever before, it's essential to keep supporting KPFK and the free exchange of ideas and cultural viewpoints that foster our democracy. And the number, which is the only number I know actually by heart, 818-985-5735. KPFK. I came for inspiration. I came looking for truth. The Blunt Post with Vic. Armin Kanayan is an activist based in Washington, D.C., and he is the president of Americans for Artsakh, formerly known as Nagarno Karabakh. Good morning, Armin. Thank you for being on The Blunt Post with Vic this morning. How are you today? I'm good. Thank you, Vic, for inviting me. Oh, it's my pleasure. You are the president of Americans for Artsakh, formerly known as Nagarno-Karabakh, and uh, it's going through quite an ordeal, to say the least. But 
before we start, I just want to give you the opportunity um, to just tell us about the organization, Americans for Artsakh, uh, your mission, and what you do. Americans for Artsakh was founded 20 years ago in 2003. It is American nonprofit organization that stands for a free, strong, and prosperous Republic of Artsakh. Our main goal is promote international recognition of Republic of Artsakh, which was proclaimed in 1991 in full compliance with international norms. Two, strengthen the uh, ties between the people of Artsakh and the United States. Three, assist Artsakh development, education, and culture, and over past three years, provide humanitarian assistance in response to ongoing Azeri hostilities. Four, promote awareness of Artsakh, rich cultural and historical heritage. I became uh, president of the American Artsakh right during Karabakh War of 2020. It was my response, so I feel like uh, we as Americans uh, cannot stay indifferent to what is happening there, and we got to stand for more active role. So Armin, for the sake of those listening who may not be aware or, or know as much about Artsakh, let me just give them a, a, a little bit of a background. So Artsakh has been an integral part of Armenia uh, as far back as we can prove, 9th century BCE. Uh, and uh, it's been almost entirely uh, populated by indigenous Armenians. In 1920, Stalin, in a move to create chaos and conflict between different ethnic groups within the Soviet Union, put Artsakh under the administrative control of Azerbaijan SSR. Azerbaijan was not a sovereign or independent nation at the time. And this caused uh, uh, Armenians of Artsakh for 70 years to live under oppression, uh, violence, pogroms that resulted in over 30,000 Armenians being massacred between 1988 and 1990, uh, which followed a war that ended for about four years and a ceasefire, a fragile one, uh, that was broken in 2020 when Azerbaijan, with help from Turkey, uh, invaded the independent Republic of Artsakh, uh, massacred 5,000 plus Armenians within 44 days. And uh, since uh, Azerbaijan has had a, uh, a genocidal uh, campaign of hate, violence, uh, disinformation, uh, and now for the last uh, seven months since December 12th of 2022, uh, Azerbaijan has cut off the only road uh, that connects Artsakh to Armenia and the rest of the world in order to essentially starve Armenians uh, and drive them out and ethnically cleanse uh, the Republic of its indigenous Armenian population. So having said that, um, Armen, in, in what's happening now, which some of it I covered, the siege of Artsakh and uh, people at the brink of humanitarian uh, catastrophe. Actually, it is a humanitarian catastrophe. What's your perspective on what's happening that I may not have covered? Oh, well, you covered it very well. And uh, I just want to say that this uh, add to what you said, that this terrorist blockade of 120,000 people, of Armenians in Artsakh, people who live over 3,000 centuries on this land, it's their homeland. And they're being blockaded, starved, 
There is short shortage of food, medication, fuel. This is not enough. Uh, Azerbaijan, on 80% of this time, was cutting electrical supply lines. It cut the only gas line coming from Armenia, which uh, Azerbaijan did in winter. So schools, kindergartens, they were not able to operate. Many, many businesses closed. It's uh, about one third of the businesses closed in Artsakh. And uh, another two thirds operate only partially. partially. Uh, there is huge unemployment rate because of this. And uh, people cannot get uh, necessary medication. There is uh, 9,000 people with disabilities, many injured by Azeri forces. Uh, there is 20,000 elderly people who rely on this medication. There is 30,000 children who cannot uh, go to school. And I just want you to imagine what status people are living in, being surrounded, hunted by people who rape the woman, who mutilate, captured, like the, the uh, who are doing all these atrocities. And you stay there with your family, knowing that tomorrow they can come and do it to your kids to your wife, to you. This is huge emotional stress and pressure. And uh, I'm proud for people, Armenian people in Artsakh, that they're showing this kind of strength and stay firm on their land and uh, don't give in uh, to these terroristic uh, crimes of Azerbaijan. Absolutely. The European Parliament has adopted a strong resolution on Artsakh blockade and the European Court of Human Rights has ordered Azerbaijan to take measures to end the blockade. Furthermore, the United Nations International Court of Justice, the Hague, ordered Azerbaijan to lift its blockade and ensure free movement of persons, vehicles and cargo along the Chin Corridor. This order is from February 2023, but unfortunately, there is no compliance to the date. Yes, Azerbaijan has essentially turned its nose up to the, the international community, uh, has become a bully, and uh, is doing whatever it wants. If you're just joining us, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jorami. And you're listening to my interview with Armen Kanayan, who is an activist in Washington, D.C., and the president of Americans for Artsakh. Uh, which brings me to the next question. The, the United States response to this has been uh, lackluster, to say the least. The Biden administration has lifted uh, Section 907 of the Freedom Act uh, and given Azerbaijan $100 million a year uh, for military aid, uh, an amount that Azerbaijan does not need, a very uh, oil-rich uh, nation. And uh, this is essentially facilitating Azerbaijan's genocidal campaign against the Armenians. And the U.S. Uh, taxpayer is footing the bill of this. What's your perspective on U.S. foreign policy in the, you know, they call it the South Caucasus, but really Historically, it's been referred to as Armenian highlands. Well, uh, I would just uh, say a few words about restriction on the assistance to Azerbaijan. United States assistance may not be provided to the government of Azerbaijan 
Section 907 says, until government of Azerbaijan is taking real steps to seize all blockades and other offensive uses of force against Armenia and Nagorno-Karabakh. Now let's uh, look at the facts. Continuation of the blockade of Armenia and Artsakh. Devastating results of this blockade. We already discussed just now. Azerbaijan aggression against Artsakh in 2020. 5,000 more soldiers killed. 30,000 people were driven away from their homes. Those who couldn't leave home or uh, due to physical disabilities or uh, uh, just due to decision to stay on their home were massacred. In September 2022, Azerbaijan forces launched a surprise attack on sovereign Armenian Armenia territory, resulting in 300 deaths and continues to occupy 50 square miles. In this attack, Azeri military committed horrible war crimes, including rape, torture, and mutilation of women. Now, on a number of occasions, the State Department expressed deep concerns about Azerbaijani behavior. But I think there is more than words needed in this situation because it escalates to the point already. The U.S. must, in my opinion, sanction and prohibit military assistance to Azerbaijan as long as it harbors military ambitions against Armenia and Artsakh. And uh, the lack of decisive, decisive action on the part of the United States is actually giving reassurance to Azerbaijan that it will face no real consequences for its continued aggression. Closing eyes on Aliyev regime war crimes, discrimination, blockade, and ongoing threats is equals to taking side of the oppressor. Using waiver to Section 907 of the Freedom Support Act to provide free, free military aid to Azerbaijan is equal to facilitating to racism, suppression of democracy, starvation of people, including women and children, and laying ground to new genocide against Armenian people. Now, I want to go to uh, recent, recently what happened in, Ju in June 2023. Azerbaijan military opened targeted shooting and shelling of American company metallurgical plant built in Yaras, Armenia. So this is Azerbaijan attack on American company on sovereign Armenian territory, hurting American interests. And it just, uh, I would say, direct challenge. Azerbaijan already goes, attacks another country, and he attacks even American interest in the other country. That's already too much. And in this attack, uh, uh, Azeri soldiers wounded two workers uh, who were working on the plant. And uh, if we look at the waiver which Biden's administration used, the restriction on assistant is subject and shall not apply if the president determines and so certifies to Congress that the application of the restriction would not be in the national interest of the United States. And with the attack on uh, American-built factory, Azerbaijan basically, uh, I think that uh, Biden should revoke the waiver on Section 907 and immediately uh, seize all military. Azerbaijan essentially attacked, as you said, American interests this time, but unfortunately, the Biden administration has turned a blind eye. The one phrase that you used, uh, deep concern, 
has been basically the go-to phrase that the State Department has used for three years. I mean, I'm really tired of reading it. You know, in every tweet, all they say is we have deep concern. Well, what are you going to do about it? <laughs> How is it that when Ukraine was attacked within 24 hours, uh, not only President Biden talked about it, but uh, our entire nation was sending billions of aid and we were ready to go to war for them. And yet uh, somehow two doors down in, in Artsakh, it's completely quiet. And we're still placating a, a, a terrorist dictator like Aliyev and emboldening him and enabling him to carry out his genocide. If you're just joining us, this is The Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jorami, and you're listening to my interview with Armen Kanayan, who is an activist in Washington, D.C., and the president of Americans for Artsakh. Which also brings me to uh, Azerbaijan's disinformation and propaganda machine that has been trying to, or has actually to, to a great degree, controlled the narrative, the false narrative uh, about Artsakh and the fact that Artsakh declared itself uh, an independent sovereign nation from USSR even prior to Azerbaijan, and that it has never been a part of independent Azerbaijan. And, uh, you know, and Azerbaijan, of course, wants Artsakh to be, uh, you know, part of it. So tell me why you think that it should not be and it could never become a part of Azerbaijan and why remedial secession, which they just applied for uh, to the UN, is the only solution. In my opinion, the history of uh, Azerbaijan and Artsakh showed that Artsakh, uh, Artsakh decided to secede from Azerbaijan in 1988, and secession was formalized in 1991 with the break of Soviet Union. In response to it, Azerbaijan organized Sumgait pogroms in 1988, straight following atrocities documented the murder and mutilation of pregnant Armenian women and newborn babies in maternity hospital. There was reports of uh, and video materials of uh, Azeri uh, uh, people hunting families and committing murder, rape in Baku, Kirovabad, and other cities. In response to these pogroms, Nobel Prize academician uh, Andrei Sakharov appealed to international community. He said, Armenian people are again facing the threat of genocide. The events of Sumgait and Kiravabad may be its beginning. This must not be allowed to happen. Published in New York Times. Then we go next. We go to Safarov murder on NATO summit in Budapest. Safarov, a very officer, came to summit of Budapest. Together, uh, he came, Armenian delegation came, and Armenian soldiers were uh, at night sleeping, so he, he, he taken eggs, which he bought in, uh, in the store, department store, and he goes and he cuts his head while the uh, uh, Armenian officer was asleep. He didn't even challenge him openly. He came and, like, covered, uh, cut his head while he was asleep. And Safarov attorney stated in Budapest trial, that killing an Armenian is not a crime in Azerbaijan. Upon return, 
to Azerbaijan, what was shady deal of Safarov, he was treated as a national hero by highest government officials. Now I would ask you, if killing an Armenian is not a crime in Azerbaijan, how Artsakh can be part of Azerbaijan? If this is national politic, if this is what not only highest officials think, but this is what taught to the people uh, uh, of Azerbaijan. This is propaganda that works with them. If we go next, Azerbaijan attacked Armenia in September 19, uh, 2022. Anusha Petyan, Armenian female soldier who was captured by Azeri soldiers, tortured, mutilated, raped. Her finger was cut off and put in her mouth. Her leg was cut off. Well, Anusha Petyan has three know- children. 16, 15, and 4. Making my documentary film, Motherland, I I watched uh, countless hours of brutalities that were inflicted on the Armenians of Artsakh by Azerbaijani soldiers and even civilians. And of course, uh, never mind the fact that Azerbaijan shipped in ISIS, jihadist, um, Pakistani, Syrian, and Libyan mercenaries to kill Armenians and gave them uh, $2,000 a month to do it and $100 bonuses for Ar- every Armenian beheaded alive. Uh, this is this is not the Middle Ages. This is 2020. And uh, you made a really good point. And I always tell people, you cannot exist with someone or you cannot coexist with someone who doesn't want you to exist. And that's what Armenians are facing. Uh, facing. Uh, uh, Azerbaijan has a state-sponsored propaganda campaign teaching their kids to hate Armenians. This is taught in elementary schools and junior high schools. We have videos of this. It's unfathomable. Remedial secession is the only solution, and the international community should should come together, support Artsakh, support the truth and justice, and uh, make sure that this happens. And we are we're this is a very pivotal time. Uh, it has to happen soon. We know we don't have time for like sound bites and uh, rhetoric from our elected officials. I hope uh, President Biden and the Secretary Blinken would finally uh, change their bias and their destructive policy toward Artsakh and come around. If you're just joining us, this is the Blunt Post with Vic on KPFK 90.7 FM. I am your host, Vic Jorami. And you're listening to my interview with Armen Kanayan, who is an activist in Washington, D.C., and the president of Americans for Artsakh. Armen, before we go, I want to make sure I give you a a chance to say or to tell us about your project uh, at Americans for Artsakh, your um, initiatives and upcoming projects and what you're currently uh, working on. Well, a project of this year was going to be uh, a repair to the Bullying Village School uh, in Artsakh, which was shelled by Azeris. Uh, specifically, there are sports facilities. And we did a very nice project, which was uh, uh, going to create really nice uh, sport rooms for children. But unfortunately, due to this blockade and shut off the schools, uh, this project stalls. So we're Rethinking now what we can do, and we're thinking to help wounded soldiers during war, those uh, specifically to 
Сергей Тарапетян, чемпион Европейн Самба, Кап Сергей Ванфруй, операция в клинике в Тессалонике, в рекавере, то мы помогали ему тогда, и он продолжает сейчас в Москве, And uh, he's doing progress, fortunately, and uh, we want to make sure that he would completely recover. Fantastic. Uh, I, I want to emphasize that everywhere where came as a soldier, there are no Armenian population left. Those who were living, who stayed there, who dared to stay, they all disappeared. I would I want to bring An example of Alvar Tormasyan, disabled Armenian woman who was found tortured near Shushi. She was 58-old disabled woman, uh, resident of Karintag. Alva, uh, Alvar refused to leave the village. She was captured by Azeri forces during the recent Artsakh war and later to be found by search teams who had, had been tortured beyond recognition and a uh, woman was missing hand, foot, ear and had been cut off. So I think that giving all these crimes, telling that Artsakh should become part of Azerbaijan is meaning signing death signature to this 100,000 people. They got Indeed. to... Indeed. Indeed. Uh, Secretary Blinken and uh, Charles Michel, of uh, the co-president of European Union, have been essentially forcing, putting a gun to Armenians' head to go to the slaughter. 120,000 Armenians to go to the slaughter. That's exactly what this is. Let's get blunt. Let's speak the truth. Uh, make no bones about it. Thank you for that, Armin. How can people learn more about Americans for Artsakh? Oh. They can go to our website, Americans, number four, artsakh.org, Americans for artsakh.org. Fantastic. Um, Armen, thank you very much for uh, being on the show, sharing your, uh, your thoughts, your knowledge, and um, uh, let's hope that next time we chat, you'll be under better circumstances. Let's hope so. Thank you, Vic, for making this very important translation. Well, that was my interview with Armen Kananyan. Uh, Armen, thank you very much for being on the show this morning. Uh, good luck with everything, and uh, I hope to chat with you again soon. Before we go, I'd like to thank my producer, Ricky Herrera, without whom this show would not be possible, and KPFK, the station that brings you unfiltered and commercial-free news, opinion, and hopefully some inspiration. Thank you for joining me today on The Blunt Post with Vic. For more information, please visit thebluntpost.com. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Vic Jarami, at V-I-C-G-E-R-A-M-I. Thank you. The Blunt Post with Vic.